welcome back to episode five of the continuation podcast it's great to have everybody back who's tuning in um let's get it started right away we you guys know we start nice and quick let's jump into the nba this week uh starting off on monday march 20th again these are games that i just wanted to pick out and highlight because i thought they were pretty cool so starting off with monday march 20th uh we had the timberwolves beat the new york knicks 140 to 134 at madison square garden now this game uh it was pretty high scoring uh relatively uh, compared to the rest of the nba and it went down to the wire i mean uh, timberwolves only won by six points uh their top score was teron prince which is a name we really haven't heard in a while he's uh 29 years old he's been playing with a bunch of teams in the league i remember him from like 2016 uh but he led in scoring for minnesota as i said and uh, he just missed one field goal all game he had 35 points five boards two assists and went eight for eight from three. So he had a great game for them. Shout out to him. Um, but the New York Knicks, on the other hand, they just couldn't get it done at home. And uh, their record at home is honestly barely above 500. It's 20 and 17 with this loss. And that's not too good considering you're playing at one of the best arenas uh, in the NBA. Uh, but for them, Julius Randle, he had a career night. He had 57 points, four boards, one assist. Uh, but again, just wasn't enough to pull out the wind. And I, I feel like they left a lot of points on the board. The team as a whole just shot barely over 50% uh, from the field, which I guess is good, but I just feel like they left a bunch of points that they could have had, especially with such a close game. Um, but they're still fifth in the East, and the New York Knicks are. And with their bad home record, it still makes me questionable. I know you guys have heard me in other, po- in other episodes say, I don't think they're going to make it past the first round after this loss. The more losses like this just make me think that even more, even though Timberwolves are a good team. So that's what happened on Monday. Moving on to Tuesday, March 21st, uh, the Celtics, they put up a statement win against Sacramento Kings, uh, 132 to 109 in Sacramento. Jason Tatum had 36 points, eight rebounds and four assists. And his dynamic duo buddy, Jalen Brown, he had a good game as well. He had 27 points, five boards and four assists. And both of them led Boston uh, to a solid, solid uh, win and bounce back win after their bad loss to Utah the game before. Uh, DeMonte Sabonis for the Kings, he had a quiet triple-double with 16 points, 13 rebounds, and 12 assists, which is pretty pretty good. Uh, and Darren Fox, he had a quiet game overall. He had 18 points. He's usually averaging around 25 or more this year, so he didn't have his best game, which is why they got pumped for sure. Um, but the Celtics, yep, they outscored the Kings by 18 points in the last two quarters. And they kind of showed why the Eastern Conference is definitely a little bit more competitive this year than the West. I mean, the Celtics are second. They got about 50 wins. And you look at the Kings, they're in third place in the West. And they got like 43 wins. And I think the Nuggets were in first in the West only have like 46 or something like that or 47. So uh, East is doing a little bit better, but maybe they got weaker competition too. Moving on to Wednesday, March 22nd, uh, we had the Pacers take out the Raptors. No, you hate to hear it, but I had to highlight this game. Uh, Pacers won 118 to 114 in Toronto uh, at Scotiabank Arena. Again, on this podcast, we're talking about the Pacers. I mean, they just have so many impressive wins this year. I feel the need to highlight every one they get. I mean, they don't really have that many wins either. As a team, they have like 36. But but this one's no different. Raptors are a good team that they beat. Um, now, the Pacers, there were a few notable injuries for sure. Pacers were without Tyrese Halliburton. Um, and the Raptors were without Gary Trent Jr. and Scotty Barnes, which is definitely important. But anyway, for the Pacers, who got it done for them was the Canadian Andrew Nemhard in his hometown Technically, he's from Aurora, but close enough to Toronto. Uh, he got it done. He had 25 points, 10 rebounds. Uh, sorry, 25 points, 2 rebounds, and 10 assists. And he even closed out the game with a dagger three-pointer with like 30 seconds left. Step back three. 
that just completely iced it, put it, put it out of reach for the Raps for sure. Um, also on the Pacers, T.J. McConnell off the bench. We talked about him before. He had a great game, 17 points, 7 assists, 2 steals. And he seems to help the Pacers a lot into these uh, these big wins. Siakam for the Raptors, he had 31 points, 10 boards, 7 assists. And Van Vliet had 28 points, 2 boards, and 11 assists. And they both had relatively good games. But once again, they just couldn't seem to close it out in the fourth. It seems to be a common theme for the Raps, man. Um, like Even though we're missing, of course, Scotty and Gary, I, I do think they, they got to figure this out if they want to win a playing game or two playing games, depending on where they finish, right? But as always, we believe in the Raps' hometown team. Come on. Moving on to Thursday, March 23rd, we had the Magic beat the Knicks. Sorry, I'm beating up on the Knicks today, but uh, they beat the Knicks 111-106 in Orlando. Uh, Rookie of the Year frontrunner, Paulo Boncaro, he led the way to the home W. He had 21 points, four or six rebounds, four assists, and then two steals and two blocks. Uh, pretty good all-around game for the kid, uh, the former Duke Blue Devil. The Knicks uh, were missing Jalen Brunson in this one, unlike the other game we talked about before. Uh, he didn't play, but Quentin Grimes and Emmanuel Quickly were their leaders. They both had 25 points. And Randall put up 23 points, 9 boards, 4 assists, and 2 blocks. So some decent stats. But again, uh, it's just tough for the Knicks, man. I, I can't see their super fan Spike Lee. I can't see him liking this too much, that's for sure. Uh, so, yeah. Lastly, on Friday, March 24th, we had the Warriors take care of the Sixers. 120-112 to 112 was that final score. This game took place in San Francisco, Golden State's home home city. Uh, the Splash Bros, they had a stellar game, and they have a stellar home record, Golden State in general. Uh, they're 30-7 and seven at home, and they kept it that way for this game. Steph had 29 points, 8 boards, and 3 assists, and Clay had 21 points, 6 boards, and 2 assists. And uh, they played the Sixers, of course, an MVP frontrunner right now, Joel Embiid. He's playing great as of late. No different on this night. He had 46 points, 9 rebounds, and 8 assists. But, it, uh, again, it just wasn't enough to beat the Warriors. And when the Sixers, they only shot 27% from 3. So that's just not going to get it done against a, against a team like the Warriors who only jack up 3s for their offense. So that's what happened in the NBA in the last week. Okay, moving on to the most exciting events going on in the basketball world right now. Without a doubt, uh, we have the beloved March Madness men and women's tournaments that have been in full effect uh, these past weeks, including this past weekend. We had some great games happen. And both tournaments, the men and the women's, have been absolutely insane this year, filled with upsets, bracket busters. So let's jump into it right away. Because we didn't touch upon it last week, because uh, the games weren't fully finished for the first two rounds, we're going to start with the women's tournaments, which were super, super, uh, just exciting, electric. That's the only word I can use to, to describe it. Filled with upsets, that too. Uh, so let's jump right into it. This is for the first two rounds uh, we're going to be talking about. We're going to be talking about, highlight these two big upsets uh, that I saw that I really wanted to talk about for them. Everything else kind of went according to seeding. I mean, whatever the top seed was in the matchups, they kind of won. But these were two big, big upsets that I definitely had to highlight. So the first one, we had the number nine ranked U Miami, University of Miami. They beat the number one seed, Indiana. Score was 70 to 68. And for these women tournaments, they play at the home arena. So they were playing in Indiana in front of a home crowd that was absolutely filled to the brim. Um, I watched the end of this game. It was absolutely electric. Like I said, it came down to the final minute. Um, 
U Miami's Lola Pendande. She led the underdog Hurricanes with 19.7 boards and two blocks, which was really great uh, through four quarters, of course. But at the end of the game, for, for Miami, it was Destiny Harden, who had 18 points and five boards on the game. Pretty great game. But at the end, with four seconds left, she made a tough, tough jump shot um, to go up to and kind of seal the ticket to the Sweet 16 for U Miami. I mean, it, it was an amazing game. They played super great. Uh, an absolutely huge upset. Usually in, in, in these women, it's very tough in women's basketball for a one seed to get out this early. Um, especially Indiana, I think they were playing. They had a pretty good season. They only had a handful of losses all year. So it was a huge upset um, with in front of the Indiana home crowd. And it gave Miami, the, the Miami women's program, their second Sweet 16 appearance ever, which the last one was in 1992. So so shout out to them. I mean, they got those. I see those TikTokers they have. They have Haley and Hannah Cavender, uh, who have like 4 million on TikTok. I think Haley is the one that plays the most. It's Haley or Hannah. I forget which one because they're twins, of course. They both look alike. But, uh, but yeah, I know she made some free throws near the end to close it out, too. A couple minutes left. So, shout out to them. Shout out to you, Miami. They're doing unreal. And we're going to get talking about their men's team, too, because they're having success in the tournament as well. But shout out to them for upsetting the number one seed. Uh, moving on to our next big upset out of the women's tournament, we had the number eight Ole Miss upset number one Stanford. 54-49 to was the final score. Again, this is round two it happened in of Stanford's home gym. Uh, it was a shocking upset, especially considering Stanford. They had won the entire tournament like just two short years ago. So th- so this was nuts. And they, that was a great team they won it with. And they still have some players from that, of course. Um, but Stanford, a big problem for them. Like they shot horribly all game. I watched the highlights of this game. Uh, check some of the stats. They were 32% from the field uh, the whole game. And they were 28% from three. So that's clearly just not going to get it done. Old Miss was well above 40% in both those categories. And they were just too efficient as a group, Ole Miss. Uh, They had three players reach over 10 points each. That was Angel Baker, Markeisha Davis, and Madison Scott. Shout out to them. They played great and really made this upset happen. So that's two one seats we had go down in the second round of the women's tournaments. You don't see that in any tournaments. But uh, clearly, as we talked about last in last week's episode, there were some number one seeds that went down in the men's tournament too. So this this year's March Madness, it's it's been crazy. It's been nuts. But let's keep the trend on the women's tournaments. Um, like I said, other than these two big upsets, everything else kind of went according to plan. So now we're going to give you the Sweet 16 matchups and then uh, and then my picks for I think who's going to make it out of that. Because as of right now, as I'm recording this episode, some of the Sweet 16s have gone on, some haven't, and we're still waiting for those Elite 8 matchups. So let's talk about the Sweet 16 and who I think is going through. Out of the Greenville division, I think the number three seed LSU and the number one seed South Carolina are going to make it out and end up matching up in the final four. First, let's start off talking about LSU. I think they're going to be able to take care of Utah right now. They're matched up against Utah in the Sweet 16. I think they win that game no problem, um, especially with unstoppable players they have like Flaugé Johnson and, and Angel Reese. They're pretty unguardable. Um, they have they run a clean, smooth offense. They they got big centers in the middle for defense. They're athletic. They put pressure on the ball. I think they're going to take care of Utah, no no problem. And then they should be able to beat Villanova or Miami, uh, whoever wins that wins that game. Whoever comes out of that, I think they should be able to win that, no problem. Again, LSU three seed. They probably could have been a two seed. Really good team. I think they definitely come out and make it to that Final Four uh, out of the Sweet Sixteen and Elite Eight. Moving on, their next the matchup that, that I think they're going to play is South Carolina, the one seed. They are defending champions from last year and are actually the number one favorite in the tournament 
to uh, to repeat for sure. They're their first seed and they're actually favored out of everybody. Uh, and there's a there's a clear reason why they haven't lost the game all year. They're 33 and 0. And you know what? I don't see anything changing, uh, my continuation fans, uh, because I think they're going to cruise past UCLA in this Sweet 16 matchup. I don't think UCLA has near the firepower or guard play to match up against them. And then I think they take down Maryland or Notre Dame in the lead eight again, no problem. The South Carolina team hasn't shown a weakness all year, and I don't see it popping up in these uh, in these other games. Maybe in Final Four, you never know what could happen, but I think they're just too strong. I think they make it through. I don't think any other one seeds go down. Uh, okay, moving on. Uh, moving on to the Seattle division, the Final Four coming out of there. Who I think is going to make it out of the Sweet 16 and Elite Eight. I think the number three, Ohio State, and the number two seed, Iowa, are going to make it out. Uh, Ohio State, let's start off talking about them. They're a little bit of a sleeper. I mean, they have seven regular season losses this year. Uh, put them uh, in a three seed. I think their defense and, and guard play is strong, though. And I think that's what you need in the tournament. That's big in the tournaments. Men or women's doesn't matter. You need to have a good defense. You need to have guards that can take care of the rock. So I think it'll give, an event, give them an advantage in this one and allow them to upset UConn, who's a two seed. And UConn, come on, established program. They're really good. I think I think they could do it, and then I think they're either going to take care of Virginia Tech, who's a one seed, or Tennessee in that uh, in that Elite Eight. Whoever wins those, Virginia Tech, they're good. It's going to be a tough game for Ohio State to win that, but I think they can, and I think they will. Uh, moving on, let's talk about Iowa, who Iowa State's going to match up against. Iowa, they got the best player in the nation, like undisputed, Caitlin Clark. She's averaging 30 points per game this year. Nothing's changed in the tournament. They're cruising past teams left, right, and center, especially after the first two rounds. Um, they're strong as a unit. They got a good center too. I forget the the woman's name, but quite good. She's really strong on the offensive boards as well. Can finish eat real good. Um, and I think they make this year's final four for sure. Uh, with Stanford out of the picture now, that was a huge upset. So with them out of the picture, I think they're gonna they're gonna sail past Colorado in the Sweet 16. And I think they are they're gonna be Louisville or Texas, whoever they come up against, whoever gets in their path. And they're going to book themselves a trip to the Final Four. I can see it happening. Caitlin Clark, nobody's found an answer for her so far. So I can definitely see this happening for sure. Okay, so that's going to be it uh, until next week's episode for the women's tournaments. Let's move on to the men's March Madness tournaments, the big dance. So the Sweet 16 and Elite 8 have already happened. So let's do a quick recap of those. They were, again, absolutely electric games, upsets left, right, and center. Um, we saw the first two rounds had ridiculous matchups and upsets and this trend carried on folks. Let me tell you, did it ever? Oh my gosh. Let's get it going right away. The sweet 16. One of the first matchups I have here is number five, San Diego state. They upset number one, Alabama crimson tide. This hurt me a lot. I'll tell you everybody. I had Alabama in my bracket winning the whole thing, winning the entire tournament. I thought they were going to get it done with some young guys. But they didn't. Brandon Miller, uh, uh, Jaquinterly Davis, they had some good teams, but they just couldn't get it done. Or Javon Quinterly, sorry, that's his name, Javon Quinterly. Um, they were the outright tournament favorites heading in. It was them and then Houston uh, as the favorites to win the whole tournament. But in this game, unfortunately, they just played terribly. They shot 11% from the three-point line. They were three for 27. And you know what? Kudos to San Diego State, man. They took advantage. Uh, at the end of the day, they had more seniors. They were playing solid. I mean, all their guys looked like they benched like 400 pounds. These guys are huge. And uh, they were strong on defense, strong on the offensive glass, defensive glass. 
And uh, it, it clearly played a big role. Their seniors near the end of the game, they were able to close it out in what was close to the end, and, and it showed. So, so shout out to San Diego State. We're going to talk about them a little bit sooner. Moving on to the next Sweet 16 game, we had number six Creighton Blue Jays. They beat the 15 seed Princeton. Final score was 86 to 75. Uh, Creighton, they were expected to win this one, of course. They were the higher seed by quite a bit. Uh, but again, kudos, shout out to the 15 seed Princeton, man. They made it two rounds. They upset Arizona, number two seed Arizona, which nobody thought would happen in the first round. I'll tell you that for free. I hit Arizona going far. Um, so, so shout out to them. But in this game, it was their center Ryan Cal. In this game, it was their center Ryan Calc Brenner, Brenner, sorry, who had 22 points and he dominated on the glass too. He he's really good for Creighton. And again, we're going to talk about them in a little bit later on. Moving on to the next game, the number nine seed Florida Atlantic U FAU upset number four Tennessee, uh, 62 to 55 was that final score. Really unbelievable upset considering Tennessee was crushing teams and and Tennessee beat Duke, which I did not have happening in my bracket either. Clearly, I'm not too good at filling out brackets, um, but that's a side note. But yeah, I mean, their guard play, FAU's guard play, and just their ability to close out games. I mean, for a nine seed in the school I've never heard of, uh, they, they're, they're amazing. Their guards are great. They got real strong centers who aren't that tall, but can really box out and, and make sure they get those important rebounds near the end of the game. It's just, it's really great. And they're a great team. And again, at the end of the day, they won this because they were better. Tennessee, bigger program, doesn't matter. At the end of the day, you got you have to play the games no matter what the seeding is. So shout out to FAU for making it to the Elite Eight for the first time in, uh, in school history. Moving on to the next game in the Sweet 16, we had the three-seed Kansas State beat the seven-seed Michigan State, Battle of the States. Uh, the score was 98-93, to final score. This was a pretty high-scoring matchup, and it went to overtime, which was nuts. I was watching this in one of my classes because I'm such a scholar student, but it was just too important of a game to miss. Kansas State guard Marquise Noel, one thing about him, he had 20 points on the game and 19 assists, which is nuts. He carried the team, and those 19 assists broke the NCAA tournament record for most assists in a game. And I'm pretty sure he got them before overtime. So so shout out to that guy. He just played amazing. Uh, again, I think we highlighted last week uh, Keontae Johnson on Kansas State, his story. Absolutely amazing. So good for them, Kansas State. We'd love to see them winning. Great win. Moving on to the next Sweet 16 matchup, we had the number five Miami Hurricanes upset the number one seed Houston. Can you believe it? The final score was 89 to 75. I mean, again, another one seed down Alabama and Houston. I think these actually happened in the same night, which is just, I was crying. I'll tell you that for free. Uh, but no, Miami, in all seriousness, they have elite senior guard play. Uh, with guys like Isaiah Wong. He's really good. And their defensive dominance, man, it allowed them to prevail for sure over a really strong Houston team. I mean, I was shocked they beat this team uh, with guys like Marcus Sasser. They got a guy, I think his name's Anthony Stewart, uh, their center. The guy can do everything, and, and they shut him down, no problem. But again, their senior guard and ACC player of the year, Isaiah Wong, played a huge part. Uh, he's really their best guy for sure. Carries that team, keeps them composed in the tight situations. And I was really surprised by this result, but uh, but but shout out to Miami, man. Men and women's programs, they can ball. Moving on to our next Sweet 16 matchup, the number two Texas beat the number three Xavier, 83-71. to 71. Uh, This was a pretty easy game for Texas. Their top guard, Marcus Carr, were really able to give Xavier their first real challenge of the tournament, and they sent them home pretty quick, pretty easily, I should say, as a result. This game went as expected. 
Um, but, but yeah, Texas Longhorns, man, that team can ball, and we're going to talk about them a little bit later. Moving on to the next two more Sweet 16 matchups we have. The next one is the number four UConn, uh, UConn Huskies. They took care of the eight seed Arkansas. Uh, 88 to 65 was the final score. Big, big win there. Um, I didn't realize how strong UConn was, their men's program was, until this game, honestly. I had seen who they beat. They hadn't really faced off against anyone too good in those first two rounds. So I was kind of sleeping on them. Um, they made a very good Arkansas team, who, by the way, upset Kansas just a round before, who was a one seed, Arkansas did. They made them look really, really regular and not that good. Uh, like, again, a friend reminded me that they were uh, actually, UConn was actually ranked first in the nation at the beginning of the year for, for about a month or so. And I can definitely see why, man. They are a strong, strong team. They should definitely be higher than the four seed that they are. And they're playing really good. And that, that, that was a statement win that they put up against Arkansas. So shout out to them. Uh, our last Sweet 16 matchup that took place, probably one of the most anticipated Sweet 16 matchups for sure. Number three, Gonzaga beat number two, UCLA Bruins. Uh, final score was 79 to 76. Close game. It was a thriller. Uh, it went right down to the final seconds, March Madness style, which we love to see. Uh, for Gonzaga, their senior center, Drew Timmy, who made a run with them uh, to the finals just two short years ago where they lost, unfortunately. Uh, he dominated in this game. He had 36 points uh, for the Zags, which was great. Um, near the end of the game, UCLA freshman Amari Bailey. He happened to play with Bronny James at Sierra Canyon. Uh, I watched him for sure. He had a great game. With 15 seconds left, he hit a three-pointer to go up one for UCLA, which was absolutely insane. But an answer was coming, and an answer did come. Gonzaga's Julian Strother hit a logo three-pointer with eight seconds left. And for those of you who don't know logo, that's really far. I think the three-point line is like 25 feet. Logo is like 30 feet. It's like five feet back, maybe even more. It might be like 35 feet. He jacked it uh, to go up two points. And that that iced the game. Uh, UCLA had like four seconds to get it, get it in. They turned it over. And then the game was just over from there. So this game was a thriller. I'm, I'm glad it was. Great, great rematch uh, uh, from two years ago when there was that great buzzer beater from Jalen Suggs. So this game was great. Shout out to them. And that's it for the Sweet 16 matchups. Now let's talk about the Elite Eight. Those happened t this weekend, just days ago. I'm recording this on Sunday night. And I watched some of these games today. One of the games that I watched today, number five seed, San Diego State. We talked about them. They beat the number four seed, Creighton Blue Jays, by one. 57 to 56 was the final score in this one. Um, they won at the end of the game on free throws. Two free throws. Their uh, senior guard uh, made two, one of two free throws at the end of the game. But I really was disappointed that the game ended like this. Um, I don't think it should have. You hate to see games that are this close. The game was tied at the time uh, when a ref called a foul on Ryan Nemhart of all people. Shadow Canadian played a great game. Played a great tournament for that matter. But he had his hand on a guy's hip as he went up for a layup. And the ref called it a foul. But I really thought it was weak. I didn't think it needed to be called. I didn't think it was that obvious. But, again, a foul nonetheless. So San Diego State won this one off free throws. Creighton didn't have enough time to, to answer. But this was a great game. Shout out to San Diego State, man. They're big guards. They're big team. They're just strong. And they, can, they know how to close out games. That was pretty evident uh, with that last shot there. The next Elite Eight matchup that took place, FAU, Florida Atlantic University. Oh, my God. They upset number three, Kansas State, 79-76 to 76 by three points. Another close game. Again, these games were electric, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, FAU keeping their Cinderella story alive. Nine seed heading to the Final Four. We rarely see that. 
uh, especially in March Madness. Uh, but again, like I said before, this team's ability to close out games uh, is is unbelievable. And they single-handedly, I, I, I think I can speak for everyone, I said they single-handedly broke everybody's bracket. There's zero perfect brackets left on uh, ESPN.com. And I, I would be it would be hard to believe that there's any with FAU making it to the Final Four. So shout out to them. Uh, great for the school. Again, first time ever to the Final Four. Uh, first time ever to the Elite Eight, let alone Final Four. So great for them. You love to see it. Uh, that's history. That's history for sure. Our next Elite Eight matchup, we had Yukon Huskies. They destroyed the three-seed Gonzaga. 82 to 54. Almost a 30-point win. 28-point win it was. Um, once again, UConn, they continue to prove that they're a championship candidate for me. After watching that Sweet 16 game, my eyes are wide open now for UConn. Oh, my gosh. Um, they're well-coached. They got big guards that can play. And and I think oof, it's going to be them or, or Miami taking this whole thing, I would say. I, I would really say that because they're that good. They're that, they're that good, I think. But let's talk. Well, we're going to talk about that final pick just in a second. Um, so, yeah, UConn beating Gonzaga, our final Elite Eight game. This one I just watched a few hours ago. Number five, Miami, squeak pass. Number two, Texas. I mean, oh, my gosh. This game was really coming down to the wire. Um, Texas was actually up uh, by, I think it was eight points at the half. The final score of this one, Miami won 88-81 to 81 against the Longhorns. And I did think Texas gave this away. Like I said, they were up about eight points at half, eight or ten points. They had a bunch of careless turnovers uh, and lack of scoring late in the game. Just couldn't get it done, and Miami slowly crawled their way back in. Again, with that senior guard, Isaiah Wong. Jeez, that kid's good. Uh, Fifth-year senior he is. But credit to Miami, man. They had a, they're having an unbelievable tournament, and they're still dancing. Uh, they're, I, again, I think it's them and UConn that could really, really win this whole thing. I, I don't see anybody else taking it from them. But the bad thing is we won't be able to see that final. Those two are going to be matched up against each other in the final four, uh, Miami and UConn. And then the other matchup is FAU versus, what's it called, San Diego State. Now it's time for my pick. Who do I think is going to win the tournament? I have been completely off uh, most most times. So I think whoever's I think who's going to take this tournament this year I think UConn's going to take it. They're playing too good. Um, I know I, I, I said Miami. I just don't know. Miami probably shouldn't have won this game against Texas. I think Texas really gave it away. But UConn's been destroying everybody, and they killed a good Gonzaga team. So I think UConn's going to take the tournament. You heard it here first. We're going to find out next weekend uh, and by the time this next episode comes out. So for you listening, UConn is the pick. Alrighty, it's time to move on to the best and most favorite segment of the Continuation Podcast. My favorite segment, at least. The Dunk and Flunks. Uh, without further ado, let's jump right on into it. Uh, we're going to keep this NCAA trend. I love March Madness, as everybody who's listening to this knows. Um, for the Dunk of this week, we have the two Miami teams making it to the Sweet 16 um, and I haven't found out if Miami's going to make it to the Elite Eight just yet, but we have the two Miami teams making it to the Sweet 16. As we know, the men's team has now made it to the Final Four, so it's amazing. You just love to see the success uh, of such established programs, and uh, and like them, both of them upsetting one seeds. You had the men 
upset Houston in a great team. And then you had the women upset Indiana. Uh, I don't know if it's something in the water at the school, but they have just so much energy on both ends of the floor. They take pride in fast-paced offense, and then they take pride in their defense too, just as much. And I really do hope both these teams, uh, I hope the women can make it to the Final Four like the men's. And then I hope both of them make it to the finals and win. I mean, how great of a story would that be uh, for for the school, uh, for the state of of Florida? Like, how how amazing would that be uh, for the Hurricanes too, especially for the women's program who hadn't been there? and in a long time, I mean, the men's made it to the Elite Eight of last year, which I was reminded of today. But shout out to both of them. I really, really hope they can both make it and win this tournament because that would be a great storyline for sure. Our next dunk, I just wanted to highlight. I already highlighted it. But again, Marquise Noel of Kansas State, 19 assists in the Sweet 16. Uh, we got to highlight, got to highlight record breakers on this show. Come on. Uh, they're constantly raising the bar for basketball in the March Madness tournament. So I definitely wanted to highlight this as a dunk. Shout out to the kid, Noel, for the great tournament. I mean, Kansas State is officially out, but he brought them to a place that nobody thought they would be. And uh, he even had a good game against FAU, but they just couldn't pull it through against such a hot Florida Atlantic team. So shout out to him. Okay, time to move on to the flunk. Uh, For our flunk, we're going to pivot over to the NBA. I really wanted to talk about the Mavericks. They've lost two straight games to the last place Charlotte Hornets. I think it was Friday, Saturday. They lost both those games to the Hornets, who are, again, last place. Um, I think this is a big foreshadowing. The Mavs are going to miss the playoffs. I hate to say it, especially after Luka had a good little playoff run by himself last year. You'd think the Kyrie edition would help, but no, it didn't. Uh, I mean, as of late in the media, Luka's commented on their struggles. Basically saying he flat out isn't having fun on the floor there. And, of course, how can you have fun when you're losing to a last-place team in Charlotte, right? Um, even even Michael Jordan's trying to sell that team. So, goodness gracious. Um, but I really do feel bad for them. And uh, they've really, really dropped off compared to last year's team. So I hope they can figure it out. But for now, they're on the continuations flunk. So sorry about that, Mavericks. Okay, finally, let's wrap it all up with the NBA betting segment of the TC Podcast. So far, ladies and gentlemen, and for those of you listening to the podcast, we have four wins and six losses in the betting series, and we're hoping to get positive soon with this one. Before we jump into this week's picks, let's talk about last week's, or sorry, from two weeks ago, and see which ones we got right, which ones we got wrong. Uh, let's get into it. Actually, it was this past week that we're talking about. Okay, so... In episode three of the Continuation Podcast, I released these picks, and here they are. Let's see what we got right. Let's see what we got wrong. On Monday, March 20th, I picked the Minnesota Timberwolves to beat the Knicks in New York. Guess what? I got this one right. Cheers to that. Moving on to the Tuesday, the 21st, I picked the Nets to beat Cleveland in Brooklyn. That was wrong. Cleveland took care of Brooklyn pretty easily. Darn it, Donovan Mitchell. Come on. Anyway, on Wednesday, the 22nd, Los Angeles Lakers, I picked them to beat the Suns in LA, and I was right. Uh, they were they were favored just the Suns were just barely favored in this one, but the Lakers were able to pull it out, thank goodness for for my record. On Thursday, the 23rd, I picked the Thunder to cover the spread against the Clippers in Los Angeles. I was sadly mistaken. I was wrong. They lost by I think over 18 points. The spread was barely above five, so definitely got that one wrong. And finally on Friday, March 24th. I picked the Golden State Warriors to beat the Philadelphia 76ers in Golden State. And again, 
Sixers might have been favored in this uh, by a little bit. I didn't quite see the odds. They should have been. They're a much better team. But again, Golden State's got that great home record. But regardless, we got this run right. So we're going to take it. That's three and two. Three wins, two, two losses on that week. Bringing the overall record of the continuation podcast to seven wins, eight losses. Uh, one game away from positive. So for those of you tailing, hold out hope. I'm going to get positive soon. I promise. And it's all going to start with these picks. Actually, we have to wait till next week's episode to come out. But anyway. It's going to start with these picks. So without further ado, let's get involved into the week of Monday, March 27th. I am picking the Philadelphia 76ers to beat the Denver Nuggets in Denver on Monday. Moving on to Tuesday, March 28th, I'm picking the Miami Heat. I hate to do this, but they're going to beat the Raptors in Toronto at Scotiabank Arena. Raptors have been having some suspect games. I think the Heat take it for sure. Wednesday, March 29th, I have the Timberwolves to take care of the Suns, beat the Suns in Phoenix. Again, Timberwolves should be underdog in this one, make a little money for you guys. They're winning this game. Moving on to Thursday, March 30th. Great game we have on this day. I have the Celtics to beat the Bucks in Milwaukee. Uh, this is going to be a great game regardless, but Bucks should be favored because they're they're at home and they're the one seed in the East. I think Celtics beat them, though. I think Jay Tatum gets it done. Moving on to Friday, March 31st, I have the Orlando Magic beating the Washington Wizards in Orlando. Not too exciting of a game. Wizards are up a little bit in the standing compared to the Magic, so they should be favored. But I think the Magic and Paulo Boncaro can take this one at home. So that's going to do it for the picks. That's going to do it for the entire podcast, matter of fact. Um, once again, as always, thanks so much for tuning in for those of you that listened all the way until the end. Um, Always, always enjoy talking basketball, especially with everything going on in March Madness, the men and women's tournaments being so good, and just the world of basketball being so so filled with content and games. I love it. Um, as always, as I always say at the end, everybody listening, thanks again. Keep on hooping and take care.